You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show, where business leaders and health experts give insight while you take a break from the daily grind. Your host, Joey Price, is an entrepreneur with over a decade of startup experience and CEO of the managed HR services firm Jumpstart HR. Want to join the conversation or have an idea for the show? Tweet us at BizLifeCoffee or Joey directly at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. Want more episodes? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe. Business, life, and coffee, personal development for busy professionals. Now let's get to the show. This episode of the Business, Life, and Coffee show is all about leadership. More importantly, the principles of balanced leadership. And we're joined by author Rocky Romanella, who is the author of the new book, Tighten the Lug Nuts. Rocky is the founder and senior partner of 360 Management Services, LLC, and he's rose the ranks of one of the most famous organizations in our American fabric, and we'll let him tell this story. But today we're going to be talking about the principles of balanced leadership, some of the concepts in Rocky's book, as well as some insight that he has to share about his personal experience rising the ranks of UPS. Rocky, thanks for joining us. Well, good morning, Joey, and thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to talk to you and your audience. Well, we're grateful that you're here. And let's go ahead and and get this noticed up front that we've got, Rocky's book is called Tighten the Lug Nuts, The Principles of Balanced Leadership. And you can find it on Amazon. It was recently released on February 15th. So it is a fresh book for you to set your eyes on. And Rocky, Tell us a little bit about the, the concept of the book and what motivated you to write the book. Well, thank you for asking. And uh, I'm very, very excited, as you can imagine, about the book and the launch. And the significance on February 15th is not only the launch date of my book, it's also my beautiful wife, Debbie's birthday. So oh, I was happy able birthday, to, Debbie. Uh, yeah, happy birthday, Debbie. So thank you, very, thank you very much for that. So to me, leadership is all about leaving a legacy. And that legacy for me is leaving it a little better place than you found it. And so as I began to write this book, I thought about a couple of the, some of the things that I wanted to accomplish with the book. And certainly one of them was the legacy. You know, what were some of the the opportunities that I had through my career, both at UPS and my opportunity as a CEO and, and and a board member? And how can I relate those experiences to help individuals as they're growing and developing in their career at all levels maybe some of the things that I learned, some of the experiences that I had, some of the individuals that I was fortunate to have as mentors and role models, what were some of the things that they helped me with? And could I translate that into a book so that at some point someone's sitting there reading that book and feeling, wow, having that aha moment. Okay, I can see how that works. Or wow, that's something I can do to help myself. Or yeah, that validated what I did possibly was the right approach or right way to go. And so for me, the book was that legacy that I could leave behind and some opportunity to help someone else. And then I also, you know, felt very fortunate to have uh, worked with UPS and started my career at UPS in 1976 as a loader unloader, as a part-timer working my way through college. And I was fortunate to, you know, begin my career in a company that had a very strong promotion from within policy. And through my career, I had the opportunity for promotions. And I really believe the opportunity came a, from hard work and enthusiasm and dedication, but B, from a company who saw more in Rocky Romanella than Rocky Romanella saw in himself in those early days. 
And so I feel like part of leadership is having faith and seeing more in your people than sometimes they see in themselves and believing in them probably ahead of when they're ready to believe in themselves. And so I felt like if I, the book could help people gain some confidence and give leaders the opportunity to understand that part of that role was training and developing your people and giving them that confidence when they're maybe not ready yet for it, but you see something more in them and they're ready to see in themselves. And the last piece for me was a thank you and a tribute to three very important people in my life, two very close to me, my dad who passed away, but who was really so influential in my early life and taught me things like it's what you do when no one's watching that counts. And he would always say to me, you know, you know, learn, you know, do your job well, learn your job and then learn some more. And then the funny part was people say, well, you moved a lot with UPS and how come you move so often? Because when I got my first job, my dad looked at me and said, Hey, look, whatever they ask you to do, say yes. And then say, thank you. So it was always that influence from my dad and, of course, my wife through my adult life and through my career who was so supportive. And, you know, I quote her often in the book. And I think about some of the things that she said. I mean, one night we were we were grabbing dinner and we had met a, a couple and they were asking us, well, oh, you have four kids. You moved all over the country. And, you know, she said to Debbie, you know, is it, you know who's your favorite? And Debbie looked at her and said, they're, they're all my favorite. And she said, no, come on. Someone has to be your favorite out of four kids. She goes, no, no, absolutely not. And so, wow, how did, how did that, you know, how did you manage that? And so Debbie said to her, each of them got what they needed when they needed it. And I stopped for a second and said to myself, wow, that's brilliant. That is. And so I used that throughout my career as you manage different functions inside an organization. You know, you have sales responsibility, you have P&L responsibility, you have cost responsibilities. But throughout your career, I thought about Debbie's approach and said, wow, each at different times, at different points, different parts of the organizations are going to get what they need when they need it. And then the last thing she said that I, that I brought a smile to my face was, ah, they all think they're the favorite. So I think that was pretty cool. I said, <laughs> okay, well, that's good. You got four kids and all four of them think they're the favorite. So that's really the, sort of the emphasis of the book was the ability to say thank you to some key people. And the third person quickly is I had an opportunity uh, at UPS to meet coach John Wooden and spend some time with him. And the legendary coach was amazing. And he was a inspirational man as well as an excellent coach and mentor. And so I also coached Wooden in the book and spent some time with him. And I think through his pyramid of success and his two cornerstones of hard work, and he calls it industriousness, but an enthusiasm. And I think today, you know, that really is the core values, hard work and enthusiasm. And frankly, Joey, without enthusiasm, Hard work is just hard work. So you need that enthusiasm to make hard work more than just hard work. And then, of course, his pinnacle is, you know, competitive greatness. And Coach Wooden says competitive greatness is being your best when your best is needed. And if you think about that for a second, you take that goes across business. That's being a parent, being your best when your best is needed in those difficult times or as kids are growing and they go through their challenges. You have to be your best as a parent when your best is needed or as a mentor or as a coach. So I think that for me, Coach Wooden really was, was an inspirational leader, and I was fortunate to have the opportunity to sit with him for a few hours and discuss leadership and mentoring and management. So uh, that's sort of the emphasis and uh, the beginning and the core values of the book. Yeah, the, the pillars that you've mentioned so far, and we're going to unpack some of them through the course of our talk today, those are very critical and really, really speak to the idea of balance. And it also makes me think of of the leader that is holistic. And of course, as a leader, you're focused on productivity and results. 
but you're also focused on the individual needs of your employees or on your team if you are a leader that may be leading up and having responsibilities leading from wherever you are in the organization. Also, it makes me think that your wife, Debbie, is an excellent leader because I think that the mark of a, a true leader is one where every employee or team member thinks that they've got the best relationship with the leader on the team and not in a competitive way, but more so in a, I feel valued by my leader type of way, which is awesome. It's very awesome. Yeah. No, I would agree with you 100% on that. Now, you had talked about leadership and, and speaking into people and giving them chances and opportunities to grow. For the leaders that may be here listening on the Business Life and Coffee show, whether they are new leaders because they are coming of age into leadership, or they are new leaders because they've been a professional for so long and have now been given leadership responsibilities. Could you tell us a little bit of what to look for when you want to identify potential in an employee and also how to, how to look for that potential even when you might know someone and develop a, a bias, whether deserved or undeserved, about what you believe their expectations are? Okay, well... I think it starts with the concept when you're looking at an individual and you're, and you're identifying potential leaders in your organization, it really starts with, is that leader, do they understand that it's not about them? It's about us. It's about the collective organization. Sometimes leaders become too internally focused. They think it's always about them. It's not about you. It's not about me as the leader. It's about the organization, it's about us, right? And so that's the first step, you know, are they that selfless leader? Do they understand that it's about leading a group of people? It's building that bridge to the future. It's giving people the opportunity to achieve more and do more than they ever thought they could do for themselves. And so the first step is you have to believe it's about them and not about yourself. And then when you, when you start to believe that and you start to feel that, then the, the elements that you look at, the metrics that you may report on or track aren't metrics that are self-serving metrics. They're metrics that serve the organization and serve the people that you're trying to grow and develop. And so I think that's a trait that I always look for. And then I, then I always look, look for individuals. I, see, I believe a leader, a person is a leader before they are a leader. They start to get to that next point, right? So you start to see, a, you know, a player can be a number four hitter, right, before they are a number four hitter, right? They, they do all the fundamentals well. They participate in all of the drills. They're excited about being there, right? And in their own way, they start to show you that they are that next level. Inside organizations at times, when you say to someone, oh, yeah, you know, we think that Joey's our next promotable candidate. We think he's a ready now candidate and he's we think he can make a difference in our next promotion process. And people look at you and say, well, I already thought Joey was a manager. Well, that's how you know that they're ready for that job or they're getting close to being ready because they are the next level before they are the next level. And I think that those are important, those are important traits or, or important things that start to happen that help you formulate that person's readiness. And, you know, I, I get asked questions and we get an opportunity in, with 360 Management Services as well as in, in the speaking that I've been doing and some of the leadership training. You get asked a question all the time, especially by newer managers and supervisors and in startup companies. 
you know, well, you know, I'm a startup. I didn't get a chance to work in a large organization. I'm an entrepreneur. I got a chance to do my UPS store responsibilities to work with some great entrepreneurs and some great individuals. And they always feel like sometimes because they're not in a large organization, potentially, well, it's a little different for them. But I always say it always starts with fundamental characteristics of good leadership. You know, you have ethics and integrity. You have the intellectual capacity to understand your role and the responsibilities and the roles and responsibilities of your people and to give your organization some vision. As a startup, you have to be the visionary. You have to be the person then that executes the vision. You know, and then do you have maturity and judgment? I mean, do you believe, you know, the, can you demonstrate resiliency and sound judgment when those sound judgments are necessary and when it's time for you to steer the ship? You know, do you have, are you a customer, you know, do you have customer orientation? Do you, do you think like a customer? Do you, do you understand the roles and responsibilities of your people as they affect your customer base and the customers you're trying to go after? And so sometimes, you know, people think, well, because I'm not in a large organization that I really, you know, it's a little different for me. Well, it may be different in the execution, but the core values are the same. You have ethics and integrity, you have intellectual capacity, you show maturity and judgment when necessary. You may have a small number of people. You may start out with just yourself. At some point, though, you're going to develop your people. As you start to add people, you're going to develop a relationship with your vendors. You're going to develop a relationship with your customers. Right? You inspire other people. And it could be, in this case, as a single proprietor, you're inspiring you know, the vendors and the customers that interact with you at, in your place of business. So I think that those are all core values that are just not left for the large corporation or someone who manages a large number of people. I think these are all core values of good leadership, and these are the things that you look for in, in leaders. And I think that's what I think is so important. And when I wrote the book, I was trying to – I didn't write it from a – although I was very proud of my career at UPS, and it was a great career. I met some wonderful people. I always felt like if I wrote a book from a UPS perspective, people would say – well, that's great, but I don't work for a large company like that. And so I wanted to write a leadership book that people could look at and say at all levels and in all, you know, in all things that they did that they're leaders. And I think leadership goes well beyond the titles. I think sometimes people think, well, a leader has to have a title, CEO, president, manager, supervisor. No, I, I think leadership is not just reserved for those individuals with titles or in informal positions. You know, leaders are teachers. You know, leaders are coaches, leaders are mentors, leaders are people responsible for their PTO. So all of us, absolutely, leaders are, are, are parents. Could be a big brother in a family or a big sister. So leadership goes well beyond the titles. Leadership comes down to you're a person who provides guidance, gives people the opportunity to feel good about themselves and do more than they ever thought they could do. And so that's why I think there's those core values that are important in all leadership. And I think it starts with integrity, starts with ethics, and it starts with your ability to, to get people to believe in the people until they're ready to believe in themselves. Rocky, that's great. The idea of, of the core competencies of, of leadership, essentially. Now, your book is all about a fictional character named Joe, which is a great name, by the way. I think of all the yeah. names... <laughs> To have a, a lead character in a book, Joe is, is at the top. And, and I also believe that, that some of the best business books are written about fictional characters, whether that's Who Moved My Cheese, whether that's The E-Myth, whether that's Dysfunctions of a Teen. 
there are books out there that, that use fictional characters to drive home real points. What did you intend to communicate with readers by using a fictional character to narrate an otherwise nonfiction book? Well, it's interesting because my whole career, Joey, I had a very difficult time and I never felt comfortable sitting in a meeting or sitting, you know, in a strategy session or whatever, saying to somebody, well, you know what, I, I think I would do it differently. Or I feel, you know, is that really what you wanted to do? I always felt like I put up a barrier to communication that way, or the person on the other side was looking at me thinking, I don't think you think I did this the right way, or wow, maybe I should have done it differently. And so throughout my career, you know, I developed this fictional character, Joe Scaffone, and through a story that if you have some time at the end, I'll tell you the Joe Scaffone story. But so I would sit in the meeting and say, well, let me ask you a question. What would Joe do? And so through my whole career, it became a running, you know, sort of joke that, you know, people would come to a meeting and say to me, hey, we covered this with Joe already. Joe thinks it's a good idea, you know? And so it always was a way for me to ask a question or challenge them to not stop at the first right answer and move past that first right answer to maybe a better answer by saying, hey, that's really good, but you think Joe would do it that way? What would Joe do? And so as I wrote, as I began that process of writing a book, and, and so that first step is difficult, you know, beginning the process of writing a book, you know, and you sit and stare at a piece of paper for literally some days there. The one thing I absolutely knew that I would not write a book that said, I, well, I would do this, or I think you should do this, or I think this could be a good approach, or Rocky Romanello thinks this. I wanted to be able to write a book that was, you know, one that could be a helpful book and one that could be an inspiring book, but never had the words I in there. And so Joe helped me do that. So through my career, Joe always helped me move past that I. And so I felt like Joe could be that character that helped me challenge individuals, challenge people to think a little broader and a little wider, not stop at that first right answer. Many times in business, people get, you know, get a right answer and you look at them and say, well, that's a good answer, but what's, can we go past that answer? So you challenge them to go past, not stop at the first right answer and move past that. And so Joe helps me do that. And so that's why in, in the book, Joe Scaffone sort of becomes, I guess, my alter ego or becomes, <laughs> you know, the person who allows me to ask those questions, challenge you in a professional and a positive way to move past that first right answer, but does it in such a way that doesn't think that I don't think you came up with the right answer or insult you in any way. Excellent. I think you should get a T-shirt that says "Joe knows," and and that be yeah, a part, no. of, <laughs> part of the uh, the book promo there. And again, we're joined yeah, by. You. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'll give you my address, and you can you can send one to me once they're once okay. they're printed. We're joined by Rocky Romanello, founder and senior partner of Three Sixty Management Services. He's also the author of the new book on Amazon, and that book entitled "Tighten the Lug Nuts." The Principles of Balanced Leadership. Now, Rocky, let's pivot a little bit and talk about yourself for a moment. And what was it like to write the book? As a practitioner, sharing your stories and your management expertise, I'm sure there's those in the listening audience that are thinking, I've got a book inside of me, but I don't know how to get it out. What advice would you give and what was that process like for you? Well, the first step was, as I said, the scary step, right? Beginning that process. And I knew that I, as I said before, I did not want to write it in the first person. And I wanted it to be a book that, you know, I could write through Joseph phone and challenge individuals. And then, then frankly, the hardest part for me was 
does anybody want to read what I have to say? Do I have enough to say? I mean, what makes Rocky Romanella someone that Joey would read the book about or, or read, read my book? And so that, I think, is the first really major hurdle is, do you believe in your heart that you have enough or the things that you can write can be inspirational or the things that you're going to put down on paper can help other people? So for me, I began that process sitting there thinking, well, you know what, maybe at, at the end of this, I really don't have enough or maybe the things that I have to say or do aren't going to be inspirational enough. And so that's the hurdle, the first step you have to get over. And I think in many cases, you start and stop because you're afraid you just don't have enough or you have enough things that people would be interested in reading. Once you get past that kind of, you break through that wall and you start to write things down. So for me, I put, I organize things and topics. And I started to, you know, begin to say, wow, I, I do have enough information, whether it's on the balanced leadership or whether it's on why values matter, or whether it's on a hundred day plan. And I started to, I started to look at the many, you know, years of experience and the many things that I had an opportunity to do and say, you know, some good information here. These are some helpful things. And then my style throughout my career has always been to tell stories. Now you can argue, my wife always tells me that's why we have to move all the time is because you know, I have to get a new audience for the story. So she's heard them all after 35 years. But so I, I love telling stories because I never liked being preached to. And I feel like, you know, if you can, I'm a very, I'm a very visual learner. I have to see things in my mind. And so for me, the story allows me to see things. Oh, I can connect those dots now. That makes sense to me. I can see how that all works. So for me, the stories throughout my whole career has been a, a way for me to see a light bulb go off. And so I thought, well, if I could write a book like that. And so then the next big step was, well, if you're going to write the book, how are you going to do it in what style? And for me, it was storytelling. And so, and Joe was a natural for me. And so I began that process of, okay, what's the story now? And, and you referenced before, Who Moved My Cheese, Raving Fans, some of Ken Blanchard's great books, or Dennis Snow's excellent book on Lessons from the Mouse, the stories they tell and, and the flow that they have. And so I realized, for me, the most important thing was the flow. How was the flow going to go? You know, would it make some sense? And then I would think the last thing for me is, and I think sometimes we all do, we do this, is that you put your, I, you know, I thought to myself, well, one of my strengths is also one of my weaknesses. You know, I'm a high energy guy. I like to get things done. But one of my weaknesses, I'm a high energy guy. So it's like I have ADD all the time. It's like I'm always doing something. I'm always moving around, right? So in reading a book, I mean, I admire people who read and read and read. I think it's wonderful. And I, I, but for me, sometimes it's difficult because, you know, I, I hit walls in books, if that makes any sense. And so if the book can't capture me or keep me going, I don't break through the wall. And I'm like, I think I got this. I think I understand what they're trying to say. And I move on to the, either the next book or the next thing. So as I started hitting walls in writing, I'm like, well, this, if I was reading this book, this would be a wall here. I need another good story here pretty quickly here. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I tried to make sure that along the way, you wouldn't want to put the book down because like anything else, you're busy, you're working, you got things going on, you got family responsibilities. And so I, I kept trying to say to myself, oh, you know, this is a wall here. I got, I'm, I'm struggling with writing it so I can imagine a poor person reading it. So I wanted to make sure that you kind of broke through the wall and you had some fun and you, there was the next story that you at least said, yeah, I love it. I want to hear the next story, if nothing else. And so I felt like it, I wanted it to be entertaining as well, right? Life is short. You know, we, we're working hard. We're trying to do the best for ourselves and our family. We're trying to create positive moments and the people that we touch and the things that we do. And so why not have a book that's, you know, somewhat inspirational, can help 
give you some things that can help make your professional life better, your personal life potentially better, and have some fun reading it. So that was sort of, you know, kind of my vision of what I was trying to accomplish. It remains to be seen. I guess we'll find out over the next few weeks uh, whether uh, people feel that way. But that was my goal and vision. And I think, you know, to wrap up the question, I think uh, if you're going to write a book, once you get past the scary first steps, you really have to have a vision of what you want that book to look like and feel like. So when a person puts that book down, for me it was, you know, if I could use you for a second, when you put that book down, Joey, mm-hmm. what I was hoping for is that you put that book down and have an aha moment. Ah, uh-huh, you know what? You know what? There's some things in here I could use. I love that story. I'm going to use it. You know, and it was an enjoyable read, but you had an aha moment along the way that, you know what, you either validated something you're doing that, that makes you feel good about what you're doing. You either had a moment that said, you know what, I could use this. Or I could see, ah, I could see how I could have done that differently, you know, or at the very least, you're like, yeah, there's some pretty good stories there. I, I like that one. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to use that one as I'm trying to bring my point across. Yeah. So that was my ultimate goal at the end of the book. And if people put the book down and, and have at least one aha moment or one good smile to the book, then I think it was a successful book. Awesome, awesome. And the book is going is available on Amazon. And for our listening audience, I'm going to include a link to purchase the book and to learn more about the book on the show notes. Rocky, in our closing moments here, I wanted to hear the backstory of Joe. And we're going to have you on the, on the podcast for future episodes. But uh, I want to hear the, the backstory of Joe and, and the stories and, and how that all came about. So, so years ago, so the story of Joe Scafone goes like this. So Joe Scafone's this guy who says he knows everybody. So one day, Joe Scafone says to him, hey, Joe, you say you know everybody, but do you know Derek Jeter? So, of course, Joe says, of course I know Derek Jeter. Come on. So they go to Yankee Stadium, and it's before the game, and, and you know, Joe, Joe Scafone's, in, you know, in a box. Derek Jeter looks over and says, oh, my God, Joe Scafone's here. So he walks over and gives Joe, shakes Joe's hand. And my friend says, wow, he knows Derek Jeter. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I wonder if he knows the president. So he looks at him and says, hey, do you know the president of the United States? And at this time, it was President Obama. And he says, yeah, of course I know President Obama. Come on. So they get in an airplane. They fly to the White House. And President Obama's got a news conference going on. And he looks up and says, hey, stop everything. Joe Scafone's here. <laughs> so, wow, my friend says, that's pretty impressive. So now he's thinking, well, he knows Derek Jeter. He knows the President of the United States. I know. Does he know the Pope? So he looks over and says, hey, do you know the Pope? He goes, come on. I know the Pope. Me and the Pope go way back. Come on. Let's get on an airplane. So they get on an airplane. They fly to the Vatican. Right? So the Pope's it's a Sunday morning. The Pope's got this big audience going on. And they're in the crowd. And my friend says, hey, Joe. I don't, I don't think he knows you. He goes, hey, look, if I walk up there and the Pope recognizes me, will you believe that I know the Pope? He says, absolutely. So Joe goes up, Pope turns around and says, oh, my on to me, Joe's got phones here, and he gives him a big hug. Well, with that, there's a commotion in the crowd, and Joe looks out, and my friend faints. So he runs out, he, he says to my friend, what happened, what happened? My friend says, look, I was impressed when the Pope knew you, but when the guy next to me said, who's that next to Joe's phone? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> So Joe Scafone became that fictional character. I told the story. We all had a good little joke, and it became the person who sort of kind of knows a lot of stuff, knows a lot of people. And growing up in New Jersey, he was the guy. Everybody in Jersey's got a guy. So he was the guy, and so he was able to be the person for me who, as I said before, I could use as, hey, what would Joe do? Come on. What do you think Joe would say? And so that just became the easy way 
for me to do that, and that's, that's the Joe Scaffone story. That's awesome. That's excellent, and I'm looking forward to diving into the book and see the rest of the stories that Joe tells and, and that he, he goes through. Well, Rocky, it's well, been I a... tell you, oh, oh, go ahead. I would go like ahead. to know your... Yeah, Joe, I'd like to know yours, and if the readers would like to let me know, I always love to know what their favorite story is. So if you get an opportunity, and I, I would love the opportunity to speak to you and your audience again if it presented itself, but I'd love to know your favorite story in the book. So that's always one of the things that, uh, it's funny because people, I always say, people, they say, oh, I love the book, or I sent it out to, you know, some individuals and got some great endorsements, and, I, and the question to me is always, what's your favorite story? So I'd love to know your favorite story. Awesome. I will do that. And I'll, I'll reach out to you. Uh, looks like you've got a Facebook page here. That's facebook.com slash 360MGT. So that's 3-S-I-X-T-Y-M-G-T. And also your uh, handle here, 3-S-I-X-T-Y-M-G-T. And also 3-S-I-X-T-Y-Management-Services.com for those that want to reach out to Rocky. And we'll have the, the link to the uh, book on Amazon on the show notes. Well, Rocky, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. And congratulations on the launch of your book. And we wish you the best. And we'll look forward to have you on the show again soon. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you very much for your time. And I enjoyed speaking to you and your audience. And have a great day. Be safe. And uh, from Rocky Romanello and Joe Scafone, thank you very much. Oh, great. Thank you, Rocky. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Take care, Joey. All right. Thanks for listening to the Business, Life, and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at JoeyVPriceHR with the hashtag BLCMoments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com and our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.